welcome back for another episode of the Axe Network radio broadcast. And I have a special guest with me this evening, uh, Aaron Irby from Brandon, Mississippi. Uh, his pastor, uh, his father is a pastor there in uh, Brandon, Mississippi. And uh, I've been following this young man for, for the last year on social media. And God has just done a tremendous transformation uh, in his life over these last six months. And I felt it very important that he come on the station and tell his story. Uh, he has an awesome testimony, and I believe that our young people uh, really need to listen to what this young man has to say. Uh, he's been through a lot, and uh, I believe that his story is one that uh, many, many people can relate to. And uh Aaron, we're glad to have you on the uh, on the show today, man. Are you there? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm honored to be here to tell my story and maybe help somebody on their journey back. Amen. Amen. Well, look, man, God has just been doing wonderful things for you over these last six months. I've just seen God do, just do uh, amazing things with you. And uh, God's begun to open up many, many doors for you. And what I want you to do is just take a moment and talk to our listeners and kind of tell us your story. Now, you grew up uh, the son of a, uh apostolic pastor. Is that correct? Yes, sir, that is correct. All right. So why don't you just kind of just, just kind of tell us the story about how you grew up and uh, how you come about falling away from the church and how God uh, restored you and brought you back? Yes, sir, and be happy to. Well, it all started when I was at uh, I was a young child. Uh, I grew up and had an awesome God-fearing set of parents who who uh, believed in this truth and uh, lived an apostolic, holy life their whole life. Uh, uh, I did have influence from other family members of the world um, where, uh, there, there, where there was drugs in the scene, alcohol, and, and things of that nature that, 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 that was open. And I seen, you know, um, but as far as, um, my parents, you know, uh, had great parents, had, had no reason at all to, to do what I did. Um, but, um, started, um, I was young. Uh, all I knew was church and all I knew was Pentecost and, and, and I grew up going to a Christian school and. Uh, you know, uh, so, um, everybody, uh, that I ever knew in the church was like family, me, everybody that had influence on me. So we went through times where there were struggles in the church and, and we ended up having a church split and uh, I seen that and, um, I just, I don't know. And then, and, and people think that, uh, church people should be perfect and, and we're not the church is a is a house for the broken it is a house for people who is hurt so the, the church is not perfect but when you grow up and that's all you know uh you know no different you know but that had an impact on my life um not blaming anyone for my choices or my mistakes but uh, i was looking for someone to blame and i blamed god and i i I use that, that as an excuse uh, for the reason that I was drawing towards the world and being rebellious. And uh, 
I started acting up in school, ended up getting kicked out of the um, Christian school I was in, and uh, my brother and sister still attended there, and I got sent to a public school. I went there, and, and man, uh, the influence that it had on my life uh, opened me up to a lot of things, a lot of opportunities to uh, to to rebel even more and get even deeper in sin than I already had. Um, and you know, I, I I was being bad. I was even I was acting up there. You know, I was being rebellious there. I was fighting. Uh, I got into you know doing drugs. You know, uh, uh, introduced me to um, all the girls, the drugs, the, the alcohol scene. Uh, I was I started doing Adderall um, when I was in I think I was in eighth grade, seventh grade, you know, and then. Um, I, I was going to parties and, um, you know, just being the cool guy, you know what I mean? Just thought I had it made, just thought I was, I was that guy, you know, uh, just <laughs> thought I had the whole world, uh, wrapped around my hand, but I, I, I had it all messed up. It, it was all backwards, actually. What I had was a lot of hurt and, and a lot of pain that, that hasn't, that hasn't, uh, that hasn't manifested yet. Uh, I had a lot of things that I was getting into that I didn't see the end game of. Um, so, uh, uh, ninth grade, I think, 10th grade, uh, it got so bad that uh, I got uh, sent to a military school, uh, YCP, Youth Camp, um, Youth Challenge Program. I went there for six months. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it did clean me up a little bit. I, I think I would be a lot worse than, than I say that, you know. Uh, it got pretty bad, so I hope it couldn't get any worse. But I got out of there, and it, it did. Um, it made me um, not take for granted as much what I had because I was going for six months. Like, Man, I'm missing my family, the people that I was running from, you know. Uh, distance, distancing myself from, but just that little bit of time taken away from me uh, kind of opened my eyes a little bit. So I began to, uh, I, I, I was doing okay, but I wasn't seeking God, you know. But right when I come back, uh, um, I, I still was, uh, I got into the bar scene. I was 17, uh, 18, just turned 18. I got into the bar scene, and man, I was, I was tough, you know, I was running around fighting anybody that, that blinked, um, drinking, uh, women, drugs, and, and cocaine came into the scene. I began to do that because um, it, it was just a cool thing, you know, I was, I was chasing something that wasn't real, chasing some fantasy land that, um, that young people think is, is, is living life, but you're destroying life. Um, being innocent to all of that is having life. Um, having God is having life. He brings life to us. So uh, I was running from life to chase a life that wasn't real. And um, I took for granted everything that I had growing up apostolic. Man, I had the truth set in on a silver platter in my face with a fork and spoon and didn't want to take a bite. I wanted to chase 
everything else. Um, and sometimes that's some some of our reason, uh, and some of the reason that we do chase other things is because we're so close to the truth that we can't see it's the truth. We think that other things are appealing because we're so close to it, man. And we take that for granted. But I promise you, once you live in a world of a life of sin, I was backslidden for nine years. I, I began to get into other things like um, methamphetamine. Uh, you know, I wasn't just out here ripping and running and junking, but I, I, I was, you know, still doing my thing on the weekends, hanging out with the guys and the women and drinking and partying and smoking, everything you can think of, uh, fighting. I, I was full of anger. I was so angry. And I would fight at the at the mention of of of, uh, of somebody speaking at me wrong, you know. I, I, was, I was so quick to hurt somebody because I was so hurt. And my dad told me he said, "Hurt people, hurt people." And because I was so hurt, I wanted everybody else to feel that same pain. Or oh, that's that's what I I put out, you know. I put on this tough persona. Uh, man, I'm, you know, I mean, nothing can get to me when really I was broken inside. So, uh, I kept on living. I was backslidden for nine years. Uh, backslidden for nine years. Um, you know, uh, um, it, it got bad, you know, um, it just continued on into, um, a life that was miserable. Um, that, that, that was appealing, but that's the thing about the devil. He'll throw things to you that is so appealing, but with a bitter end. And it has a bitter aftertaste. It's sweet at first, but the aftertaste of this world is, is a bitter end. And uh, I moved I moved away uh, a couple times, different times. I was kicked out so many times I can't count. Um, man, and I had it made, man. I had great parents. I had no reason uh, besides just being rebellious and, and ignorant of the fact of what I had uh, as growing up. But, you know, I moved off and it was just this one particular night uh, seven months, six and a half, something like that months ago that uh, I, was, I was at my house and and I had put some meth, I had three grams of meth inside of a cellophane that I was going to, I bought and I was going to sell some of it and give, give to somebody else, you know, anyway, uh, but I, I thought, I don't know, I was, I was paranoid or something. I put it in my mouth. I had sealed it with a lighter, the cellophane that I put it in a package and I, I put it in my mouth when I was drinking and, uh, I was drinking, uh, alcohol and, uh, so I didn't notice I was already probably drunk or something, and I didn't notice that that alcohol was leaking into that bag, and and it was coming out, and I was ingesting all of it. And by a doctor telling me, I ended up overdosing. I didn't know it. I began to hyperventilate, uh, losing my breath. I began to freak out, and and uh, and and. and I ended up wrecking my truck, running, hitting signs like I was losing my mind. And uh, I seen a lot of things that night. 
the things that I was introduced that that I was entertaining uh, some of the spirits that I was entertaining behind the drugs. You don't see the Bible says that we entertain angels unaware. Well, demons are angels too. They're fallen angels. So when we are living in a life of sin, we're entertaining them as well in what we do. Everything you do, someone is being entertained. That's why entertainment is such a big thing in this world today. But I was in, and God opened my eyes to let me see the things that I was entertaining uh, behind the drugs, the spirits behind the alcohol. And I lost my, I thought I was going crazy. Um, I got sent to a mental hospital for, for, for four or five days. Um, I couldn't comprehend anything. Um, physically, either I should have been dead because three grams of meth, your body cannot take that. You should have been dead or a vegetable. My brain should have overcooked. I, sh I should have been uh, really messed up, you know, and I was. I was in the mental hospital, and I remember uh, them giving me a number to call on the phone, and I was trying to call somebody, and I was, I remember trying to tap these buttons, trying to call my dad so I can get him to come get me. But I couldn't comprehend anything. I could, I could see the numbers, but I couldn't comprehend. My body couldn't press them because I was messed up. And I, and I didn't know this at the time, but my sister was at church and my brother-in-law. And, and they felt the need to stand in for me in prayer. And uh, I couldn't even hardly walk. I, I, could, I was so messed. I was a vegetable. Couldn't hardly walk. And, uh they felt the need to stand in for me and they went to the front and they laid hands on me. She said she felt a heat from the top of her head to the sole of her feet. And that represents healing. And the next day, I didn't know that she stood in for me, but the next day I woke up with a skip in my step. I got jumped out of the bed. I could walk fine. I was feeling good. I was in the mirror like duking around. I felt like my old self was like, wow, you know, what is, because I remember in that moment uh, that I couldn't, I couldn't even hardly walk. I couldn't, I couldn't press the buttons at all to call. I couldn't even, I was just messed up. And, uh, God healed me right there in that moment. I got out of the hospital, but when I got out of the hospital, I went back. I still had an eight ball Coke at, at my house and I went back and I began to do it and began to drink that night and I was feeling great and uh, I started feeling that same way again. I started seeing those same things, the spirits I was entertaining again and and it began to drive me crazy. I flushed it down, flushed the drugs down the toilet and, uh, you know, I woke up the next morning I had to make myself go to sleep. I was fighting fear and anxiety that had come over me. And I began to, uh, I began to, uh, I went to meet my brother and, and we went to go see his daughter and my parents was there and they knew what happened and no one spoke of what happened. But I went back home and I went to my dad's house. He took me to his house and we were in his room and he began to talk to me. He said, he said, now Aaron, 
He said, this is your last chance. He said, you don't have any more chances. He says, you don't have any more chances to live in this world. You don't have any more chances to live this life anymore. And that wasn't my father speaking, but I, I think that was my heavenly father speaking through my earthly father, letting me know that this is your last chance, boy. I saved your life. Now you're going to give it to me. So I prayed through right there. Um, I got a refreshing of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. and um, uh, I prayed through and uh, I began to, and, and, and that's not, that's, and I began to ask God for forgiveness and, and, and I began to repent. And, um, and that's not where the story ends. That's only when, where the story begins. Because he brought life to something to somebody who was dead. So when when a when a new birth begins, that baby has to learn how to how to walk, how to talk, how to grow, how to speak. So I was a baby in Christ again, and I was beginning growing. And man, it was so tough. And I'm not saying it's a it's a cakewalk now because it is tough every day, especially coming out of uh, a world full of sin and. Uh, but I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I hated reading the Bible. I had to make myself pray. Uh, because once you live a, a life of sin for so long, that that's all in you. You know, you, you, you're, you're influenced by that stuff so long that it takes a minute to turn your thinking around, turn your desires around, um, turn, turn everything around in your life. So, but I began to make myself read the Bible. And sometimes, when mama brings you a plate of green beans, uh, you have to make yourself eat them. But you don't like it right then, but you know it's good for you. And after a while, you begin to like green beans. So that's how it was with me. I begin to grow. I, I begin to pray. And, and, and let me tell you this. You will never get anywhere unless you get in that book. And, you, know, you don't have to read the whole Bible in, in a month. You know, just begin begin uh, making a commitment. Hey, I'm going to read this much a day, or uh, just read some every day uh, if you're going to begin your walk with God, or and and designate a time to pray uh, every day. Um, if not, you are spiritually starving yourself, and you cannot live. You cannot have the life if you do not feed yourself. So I begin to read and pray and. And then uh, seek God's face. And I had trials. I still, when you come out of a world of sin, you still have scars and pain um, uh, that um, sometimes you are free, but you're not free indeed. So there were still things. I wasn't of the world anymore, but the world was still coming at me because the world likes likes the atmosphere you bring into the spiritual atmosphere, the all of that is praise into their atmosphere and uh, entertainment to them. And, and you have an influence on other people that, that also it's just like a chain reaction. So they want you to live, live in sin. They want to take you to hell with them. But I began to seek God and, and just, man, I had so much fear because I was so proud. I wasn't scared of anything. I would fight a grizzly bear. God stripped me of all of that. He took all of my pride. I was insecure 
when I first got back in church, I, I, was, I was shy, couldn't hardly, you know I mean? I was fearful, I had so much anxiety from this world. Um, and he stripped me all of that to show me that once I seek him, that he can restore all of that, but through Christ. So the only reason I have the things I have today is through Christ. I, I, you know, uh, the only reason that I'm speaking to you right now is because of Jesus Christ and what he did in my life. Um, so I begin to seek him and, 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 do not seek the things you lost in this world, the things you lost to this world. Um, don't seek that. Don't seek God's hand, but seek God's face, seek relationship with God. Uh, at, at, and this is a mistake that I made when I, when I first got in church. Um, young people that have been raised in church, and um, I began to seek the hand of God, because you know that's all you hear about a lot of times is people operating in the gifts and uh, people being used of God, and all of that is great and, and, and that it is all biblical. But seeking, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom. That means before any, anything else, and then all of that will be added to you. So I, I just I made the mistake of seeing God. I was grieving for something. That God, that I wasn't spiritually mature enough to to have, because if God would have gave me those things in this time, in this time of growth, I wouldn't have used them to the ability they should have been used, or I would have used them in the wrong way. So I made that mistake, and I was grieving in doing so. I was hindering my own walk with God and hindering uh, hindering me spiritually, and. Uh, I was like, man, God, what's going on? I, I, why am I not growing? Why am I not? Because yeah, I'm seeking, I'm seeking your, you're seeking my hands. You're seeking the things that, that you've lost. You're seeking, you're seeking the physical things. You're seeking the money that you, you're seeking, the gifts. You're seeking the blessings. But seek me. Seek the relationship. Seek FaceTime with God. That FaceTime's a big deal nowadays. But have some FaceTime with God. Get in that prayer room. Begin to seek God's face. God, that's when I, when I stopped praying, God, give me this, give me this, and give me this. God revealed to me when I was praying that he said, he said, that's a lot of, that's a lot of me's and I's and give me's. And, but relationship, God, I begin to pray, God, what can I do for you? How can I please you? How can I, how can I edify your kingdom? How can I help somebody else and bring them to you? How can I, what can I do for you, Jesus? And that's when I began to grow spiritually. That's when I made progress. That's when um, he started using me to speak to people, to bring, to bring life. And, and, and I'm not praising myself or putting any pats on my shoulder, but you have to be open and willing to, to be used of God. And, and not do it your way. Sometimes he's going to, hey, talk to that person. And uh, Bishop Dobbs told me one time, he said, well, uh, your flesh is not going to tell you to do it. Um, the devil's not going to tell you to do it. So it's only the spirit of God drawing you to speak to that person. So go ahead. Don't hesitate. Go ahead. Do it. And God will be pleased. And, and if you seek God and, and seek what you can do for God. Stop praying me, me, me. Because when you pray, when you, when you seek God's face and, 
and pray him, 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 then he'll bless you. He will, he will, and, and don't do it so blessed, but do it because he brought you out of what you come out of or do it because you want to come out of what you come out of or what you're in in this moment. And, um, man, if there's, if he can do it through me, I'm telling you, if there's anybody out there that's listening to this right now, I've been in the worst of the worst hoods. I've, I've, I've did the worst of the worst things that I, that are not great and I'm not proud of and I'm shameful of, but I am proud and I am grateful that God brought me out of this. You're not too tough to live for God. You'll never be worthless. You can always be a vessel, but you have to be a willing vessel and you have to be open to let God in and use you. But it all starts with repentance. Actually, it all starts with acknowledging what you need to repent for. And say, God, and you have to be open. God, lift your hands up. God, I'm sorry for what I've, and repentance is not saying you're sorry and going back. Sometimes we do fall. In my walk with God, I fail. But if, if you fall, fall in the right direction. Don't fall and, and do a 360 and go back the way you came. Fall, get up, continue the walk, and continue pressing towards God. And and in he will strengthen you and you're going to have moments and, and you're going to, there was a time in my walk with God of isolation where I felt like I couldn't go to anybody. I couldn't do, uh, it was just me and God. He, he brought me to a place of isolation where it was just me and him. But also, if you think about the people that are used of God in the Bible, uh, everyone had a wilderness experience that he, that he, brung them to isolation because sometimes we're too distracted from our phones. Sometimes we're too distracted by our friends, um, by, uh, by the things, by the blessings of this, uh, of, of the luxuries of this world. And, and sometimes our, our focus is, is, is everywhere else besides God. So sometimes he'll let you feel loneliness. So you'll seek him because you feel like that's the only thing you have to seek. And, and, that's a, where a place where I was at, where I had nobody to seek but God. And when I was in the world, I got to a place where I lost my family. I lost everything. Uh, I didn't have no friends that I, I thought I didn't have any friends because the anxiety, uh, the devil, uh, the voices that are telling you, hey, the person don't like you. And it's really not even true. Um, so. Uh, it just brought me to a place of isolation where I had nothing but God. But I'm telling you, it don't matter if you was raised in the church, because I lived in the world for nine years. Uh, I did all the things of the world. I I, I ran the ropes and, and uh, hopped the fences. Whatever you think is the cool thing to do out there, it's not. The, it, takes a, it takes a strong young lady and a strong man of God to stand up and live a holy life. You're not tough because you're out there um, um, being the baddest dude, whooping people. You know what I mean? That don't make you tough. Make, being tough is standing up in a world that's headed in the opposite direction, standing out in the crowd, and not only uh, going in, in a direction towards God, but bringing some of those people with you. That's what makes you a man, and that's what makes you a woman. You're never too gone for God to reach you. Um, 
I almost lost my life. Don't, I'm not saying he'll bring you to that point, but don't let this world uh, bring you down so low to where God has to, God has to step in and, and, and say, hey, it's not his time yet. And, and allow you to live. Choose God first. Because when I came out, man, you will have scars, you will have wounds that you don't have to have. People that are in church, um, young people that are in church, you don't have to have that. You don't have to have that pain. I know that pain. You don't have to have that. Stop seeking that. that is, the world This has nothing to offer you. Nothing. Don't take for granted what's in your in your face i've been down that road um people that are not in church man seek god this is a blessing it is a peace that you will have uh that that a desire to seek god rests in your soul and it's just man it's overwhelming joy waking up not having to have a cigarette, not having to want to drink, getting off on Friday and spending time with the family. Don't have to go to some hunky tonk bar and, and dance with somebody's wife that cares nothing about you. Go home to your family. Go home to your your mom, your dad, your kids, your wife, whatever it may be, and, and find rest in God because you won't until you, until you seek his face and, and seek a walk with him. You know, brother Eric, so you, brother uh, McLeod. You, you you made some very very good points there. Um, you know, I think our young people, uh, as a whole, take life for granted. Uh, I think they take the church for granted, and uh, you know, there's this there's this thought that somehow uh, our young people. Uh, uh, they feel as though they're missing out on something there in the world, and uh, what they're missing out on—they're—they're they're exactly right. What they're missing out on uh, is a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot yes, of scars. Um, you know, one thing you said in the beginning of of your uh, testimony uh, when you talked about um, how church hurt. Uh, played an influence in you walking away from God. Uh, I think it's very important that our listeners understand that uh, people are watching us, and it's very important what our behavior is. Uh, our young people are, are watching us and how we respond to the pastor, how we respond uh, to things going on around us. Uh, it plays a big influence on our young people. And uh, if we respond in the wrong way, it's very possible that it could push young people away from God. And uh, man, that 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 was very uh, that that was very uh, uh, it hit me really hard uh, because I, my story is very similar to yours. Uh, my father is a, my father's a backslidden, uh, pastor today. And, uh, so growing up in a pastor's home, uh, you know, I, I was raised on truth. I knew what truth was. I, I knew what, 
what the church was supposed to be. I, I came from a good family, uh, but like yourself, I allowed uh, the hurt and the bitterness and the anger to get a hold of me. And uh, what it did is it drove me away from God. It drove me away from the church. Uh, I looked at people around me that, that I had respect for, that I loved. And and uh, when that disappointment came, it caused me to, to lose faith in them. But it also caused yeah. me to lose faith in God and the church. And so that, that yeah. when you said that, it really just, it really struck me because uh, I, we see a lot of our young people that have fallen victim to this same thing. Uh, you talked about the church split, and I was involved as a young man uh, in a church split. And again, uh, it, it, it really took its toll on me. Uh, when people that you yes. love and respect, you can see the worst come out in them. And uh, even mm-hmm. men of God, even men of God can let you down. And uh, That's right. So it is very important how we uh, behave in front of our young people. It's very important how we behave uh, in front of our children. It's very important what we talk about uh, in front of our children. And as a pastor myself, I try to be very careful uh, not to not to talk bad about church folk. Uh, I try not to run other pastors down. I try not to. I want my children to see the church as a safe place. I want them to see the church yes. as a beautiful place. And uh, I, to run I, too, and not go. Absolutely, I feel that uh, that a lot of people have have a lot of our young people have. Uh, walked in in the shoes that you described. You know, uh, Brother Aaron, uh, another thing that that I think our young people really need to understand is that uh, sin will take you farther than you ever anticipated to go. And it'll cause you, and it will cause you to pay a price uh, that's far greater Mm -hmm. than what you were ever willing to pay. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is, is you don't always get to decide. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we tend to think, well, uh, I'll go do this. I'll live my life and, uh, you know, uh, I, I'll come back when I get ready. But, you know, it doesn't always work that way because when sin puts that hook in your jaw uh, and the devil yes. really gets a hold of you, uh, you you tend to lose your senses, uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, you get so deep into sin that, uh, like you described, um, you 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 want a way out, but you but you lose your bearings, you 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 lose yes, uh, you lose sight of where you are, and uh, you know the Bible talks about the prodigal son, and and it, and the Bible says that. When he came to himself, and what that meant was when he came to his right mind. And the thing about it is, yes, is, is sin is insanity. Oh, yeah. sin, sin is insanity. Uh, and, and I preach a message called the insanity of sin. Uh, sin is, 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 is something that will take away your sanity. And, uh, you know our our young people they they need to be aware of that that uh, our adversary the devil he's playing for keeps 
uh, addiction is a real thing. Uh, you may be going to oh, the yes, parties sir. and you may be uh, you may be going to the nightclubs and you may be doing all these things and you start out smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol and, and, and marijuana and cocaine. These things may start out in a recreational capacity, but it leads to an addiction that becomes a cruel taskmaster. And I think that 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 uh that young people can be very naive and they really don't understand. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's because of the shelter that they've been given in the church. Uh, a lot of our young people yes, they, they they weren't raised in that environment. Uh, so they really don't understand the the, uh, the the gravity of the situation, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. uh, another thing that that you mentioned, uh, as I heard you talk, was about your frustration in your walk with God, and and yes, uh, you know sometimes we can want too much, too fast. Oh yeah, and and I think the best thing. Uh, for us as as uh, Christians uh, to really understand is that what we need is slow and steady growth. Um, yes. You know, flowers, weeds pop up overnight, and by the time the noon sun oh, hits, yeah. them, they're they're dead. Uh, you know, daisies pop mm-hmm. up overnight, but but rose bushes, uh, anything of any value, any precious uh, flower or tree. It takes time, and yeah. and and yes, uh, you'll see if if you could pull the veil back, you'll find that that mm. that the roots have to grow very very deep before Ooh. before anything is allowed to really come to the surface, uh, because the yes, root, the root system is the balance. The root system is where you get the, the, the nutrients. It's where the strength really comes from. Uh, because if mm. if the palate of the tree doesn't have a good root structure, uh, it's more susceptible to wind damage. And uh, I, think, yes, I think that young people need to understand that getting some good tap roots, and the way we do that is through prayer, through fasting, through fellowship, uh, through the study of God's gotcha. word. These are the things that they may not be fun. These are disciplines. And it may not be very fun oh, yeah. in the beginning, but it will provide stability. It will provide you a sure foundation on which you can grow. And, uh, you know, so so again, I, I, I hope that our young people that are listening to this uh, will understand that uh, allow God to just have his way with you. Allow God to allow you to grow in his time. Uh, Tim Spell wrote a song one time called When God Unfolds the Rose. And, you know, if you take a rose and you try to unfold that rose yourself, you're going to tear that rose all to pieces. But if you allow God to unfold that rose through the process of time, you'll find that that it it becomes such a beautiful and sought after flower and and so our young people need to understand that that your walk with god is is like a rose and and it's not going to bloom overnight 
But if you continue to water it, if you continue to nurture it, and you give it time, it's going to grow and it's going to bring forth fruit. Um, you, you know, there were so many things that I thought about as you were talking uh, and describing your experience in the world. And I can relate to so much of it because, uh, you know, I'm fifth generation Pentecostal. And so on my yes. mother's on my mother's side of the family, uh, they were all outlaws and renegades. And then on my <laughs> father's side of the family, you know, they were all apostolic. And so there was that yes. tug of war. There was that influence that was there in my life. Uh, and, and so... Uh, when I had the opportunity uh, to, to kind of uh, uh, spread my wings and fly, uh, instead of running towards the church, I started running towards the world. And, you know, I started smoking cigarettes and drinking. And I think I was around uh, 14 years old, maybe, when I uh, started picking up these habits. And I never knew the trap that was being set for me. I never, uh, I never knew that... Uh, the steps that I were that I was taking was going to lead me down a path uh, that would require, and and people need to hear me. It's going to require something of you. Uh, a lot of times, people Ask say you. they they say, "Well, I can't live for God. I I can't do what God's requiring of me, or I can't do mm, what the right. church is requiring of me." But the world is going to require something of you. Yes, and, and, and so uh, we need to understand these things. And and I never knew what was going to be required of me. I never knew that, uh, you know, I would end up looking at 40 years in the penitentiary. I, I never knew uh, that, that my life would be put in danger on so many occasions. Uh, I, I never knew uh, growing up in the family that I grew up in, there would be nights that I would sit there and I would think to myself, how did I end up here? How, how did I end up in this place? I, I, you will do things. Sin will cause you to do things that you never imagined. It'll cause you to do things that you never, you never dreamed that you would ever do. And, and that's, that's the side of sin that people need to understand is that it's, it's cruel. It's cruel. It's a, it's a, it's a, Cruel taskmaster. It really, really is. Uh, you know, let, let me ask you a question. Um, if there was any advice that you could give uh, to a young person that's listening uh, to this today, uh, and, and they're struggling in their walk with God, and, and they're being torn between these two worlds, uh, between the church and and the world, and and they're facing church hurt, or or they've uh, had a pastor who uh, who's fallen, and and uh, uh, they they they've come to a place where they've uh, lost their trust in leadership, or or their parents have split up, and and uh, there's no real support system there for a young person that's going through these things. What what would you tell them? What I feel in my spirit right now, Brother McLeod, is forgive. Don't let 
don't let a root of bitterness begin to grow. That that grow in you and in, in your in your rose bush that that begins to suffocate what is valuable in your life and the value in you. Because if you do not forgive, bitterness will will grow and begin to devour and 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 eat up the value that 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 God is that God has placed in your life and it will begin to suffocate your walk with God and it will begin to suffocate um your 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 moral moral values. Uh, I will tell you the biggest thing that I had to do and I didn't even do it right when I got in church is I had to forgive because if you think about it, that was the root of everything because I had been hurt and I didn't know how to forgive in that, in that hurt moment. Um, God laid his life down um, for a people uh, that, that hurt him. And in that moment of hurt, as he was laying on that cross, crucified, ooh, and blood streaming down him for a people that he loved, that he once preached to and ministered to. Think about this. Those people that have hurt you have once been a part in ministry or something in your life. And, and it turned and hurt you. God laid on that cross, and as He's dying, He said, "Forgive them, for they know not what they do." So the biggest thing I could tell you is to forgive that person that has hurt you, because if you let that root of bitterness begin to suffocate the value in your life and the value of the walk of God in your life. And it will begin to suffocate the life in you, and you will be pushed. You will be pushed out. Uh, you will be drawn to other things. Uh, uh, so I would tell you to forgive those people, and uh, the world has nothing to offer you. And you've heard it a million times by our elders of old, and but this is coming from somebody. And, and Brother McLeod can testify to this too in his walk. But we have seen, we have seen and felt the destruction of this world and the hurt and pain. But you have to forgive those people. And if you mess up, the biggest thing is not only do you forgive those people, some of you can't forgive yourself for what you have done. When you ask God to forgive you, he did it. Are you greater than God? So you have to forgive yourself. And then you can move on and begin your walk and your journey. Forgive those who have hurt you. Forgive those who have trespassed against you. And then forgive yourself for trespassing against God. Because that is a root that, that grows a root of, of shame that can grow in your life too. 
and um, keep your moral values, keep your walk with God strong, keep your family is, is important. And if somebody can say, I don't have family, I'm the only one living for God in my family, your church is your family. Your pastor is your spiritual father. But it's only when you allow that in your life and it can it can take root in your life and, and, and have an impact on you. That would be my advice. Amen. You you know, um brother Aaron, I, I really admire uh your 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 zeal uh and your willingness to want to uh help young people. Uh, you know, it, it again, your story in a lot of ways is very similar to mine uh, because God did a very quick work in in my life when, when I truly surrendered uh, to God and his will um, from the time that I prayed through to the Holy Ghost and was baptized uh, to the point that the first door opened for me. Uh, for God to use me in ministry uh, was about six months. And and it just blew my mind because I'm thinking, I'm really not ready for this. Uh, I failed God so many times. And and I, I've watched that kind of unfold in your life as well. Uh, in the last six oh, yeah. months, it seems that God has just done uh, a tremendous job uh, of just... Uh, of transforming you and, and, and opening up so many doors uh, in your life. You're getting married here in a couple of months. Um, uh, you were working yes. a job where you were off and gone all the time. I think you were gone, what, 30, 30 days off at, at a time. Uh, yes. and, and I was eight months out of a year. There you go. And and so God opened up a door for you to get a, another job where you could be more involved in your church. Um, mm-hmm. you, 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 uh, you've started preaching. And, and God started opening up opportunities for you to share the word. Uh, you know, young people don't need to get discouraged. They need to understand that yes, if sir. they'll let God take control, uh, God has a way of doing mm-hmm. things. And I believe uh, that God is doing a quick work in these last days. I really oh, believe yes. that. Um, we don't have time. And, and you know, he, here's another thing, Brother Aaron, uh, that... that, that uh, people need to understand and that is that God does the qualifying uh this idea mm-hmm. that uh, I'm not worthy I'm unusable I don't have any talents there's uh, what can I really offer the kingdom uh the truth of the matter is mm-hmm. is, is that uh God can use anyone uh the, the oh yes the only pre- prerequisite to God using you is availability God's looking yes, for someone to be available. Uh, he does the qualifying. Yes, he does the educating. Uh, it's when we yield ourselves uh, to him uh, that he's able to take us and shape us and mold us uh, and make us into what He what he's called us to be. Uh, I appreciate your testimony. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, share some of these things uh, with us this evening. Uh and I hope that any young person that's out there, uh, look up Brother Aaron uh, on Facebook or Instagram, uh, Aaron Irby, and uh, reach out to him. And uh, I, I believe that, that uh, Brother Aaron, that God is going to begin to open up more doors in, in the days ahead. 
uh, and allow you to minister and share your testimony. Uh, you were at a place where a lot of people had just simply given up on you. You, you were mm-hmm. at a place where, 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 where people thought that he's just gone too far. But in spite oh, yeah, of sure. all of that, God, mm-hmm. God has a way of saying, but if I can get an opportunity, if I can get an opportunity, I can do something with him. Oh yeah. Uh, and I know your father's uh, godly proud of you. Uh, and and, and yeah, sure. there's no doubt in my mind as a, as a father of four young men uh, that, that that was a beautiful day, the day your father saw you come home uh, and surrender yeah, sure. uh, to the Lord. And uh, I believe that, that God's called you to the kingdom for such a time as this. I really believe that. And uh, I believe yeah, sure. that the best is yet to come. Uh, so young people, uh, take be encouraged. Be encouraged today. It doesn't matter where you're at uh, in your walk with God. Uh, those of you that are battling uh, with forgiveness, uh, as Brother Aaron had mentioned, you've got to forgive not only other people, but you've got to learn to forgive yourself. You've got to be willing to forgive yourself. Uh, and I think that's the hardest part. I think the hardest part yes, a lot sir. of times is is not the fact that we believe that God can forgive us. It's the fact that we're not willing mm-hmm. to forgive ourselves. We continue to abide uh in in that in that element of uh uh, uh I, I'm looking for the, the, the right way to describe it that the state of thinking. Well it it it's it's um it's that it's that state of unworthiness that there's none of mm-hmm. us are worthy uh but 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 th- that shame uh that guilt yes. but but it's a but it's a world of unworthiness that we can find ourselves in and, and again you're you're not worthy in and of yourself but you become worthy when God fills you with his spirit when you put your life oh, yes. into his hands you you now become worthy because of him, because you've taken on his nature. When you put aside your nature and your desires and your wants and your will, and, and you take on the nature of Christ, that that causes you to become worthy uh, and usable. And, and so, um, you know, there's so many people that uh, in the church that, they're living so far beneath their potential because they can't forgive themselves. Um, I, they they yes, they sir. they feel like they've come to a place where where they've they've lied to God too many times. They've backslidden too many times. They've they've done too much. But the truth of the matter is, is that if you're still breathing, there's still opportunity. If oh, you're yes, if you're still breathing, there's still hope for you. There, there, there's still hope uh, for for God to turn your life around. And if you're listening uh, to this broadcast, uh, you need to get to a place in your prayer where you ask God to help you come to yourself. Uh, I had to come to myself. I remember the day just like it was yesterday, the day that I came to myself. I remember that day. Uh, it is so vivid in my mind. And I'm sure you remember the day 
that you came to yourself. Oh, yes, sir. And so that's our prayer is that is that you'll wake up and come to yourself. You'll come to your senses and you'll realize it's time to get back to the Father's house. It's time to put aside those things that have that have, that have weighted you down. And it's time to make your way back home. Um, Brother Aaron, we love you. We appreciate you. I'm thankful for all that God is doing for you. And I look forward to having you uh, again on the show in the future. And uh, uh, it's just uh, now is the time. Now is the time. There are hungry people. There are broken people. and, And they need that voice in their life. They need to hear that there's hope. And uh, Brother Aaron, I believe that, that God's given you something to share with the world. And uh, man, yes. we're, just, we're just so thankful uh, for what God's done for you. And so we love you. Is there any last words that you would leave our listeners with? God, Jesus' death gave your life opportunity use it while you have it amen amen and i love, I love everybody amen. If, if anybody needs me or uh i would like to know more or just like someone to be that friend or uh, be i'm i'm just a regular old joe i'm nobody you know i'm here to reach out and, and help somebody else uh, i can only hope to be a vessel that god uses and that's all. I love you, Brother McLeod. Uh, you've been a, a strength to me. Uh, just speaking to you uh, on the occasions we've been able to speak and, and, and communicate. And uh, so I appreciate that. And uh, I love what what this Axe Network is doing uh, and, and putting, putting uh, the apostolic voice out there. And, and letting God's voice be heard to us. And I, I love you, and I appreciate you for giving me this opportunity to share my testimony. Amen. Well, we, we, we appreciate those uh, those words there, Brother Aaron. Uh, God bless you, listeners. God bless you. And again, until next time, may the Lord be with you. Amen.